Well, hello and good afternoon. It is a beautiful Thursday in Tyler, Texas. Beautiful if you like temperatures in the upper 30s or actually the mid 30s and lots of rain. We have had lots of rain today and it is still cold. Our electricity was out for about four hours yesterday. Uh, we were very thankful when it came on around six o'clock after being out. Uh, we have friends here and co-workers uh, here at uh, West Irwin Church and around our area that uh, still have no power. And uh, so a, a few prayers uh, for all of those especially affected by this ice storm of 2023 here. We had a lot of ice on trees and and because of that, a lot of power lines down because of branches and trees down. It's just been a mess. So thanks for thinking of us. I know there are a lot of folks with a whole lot more pr problems than those. It's a, it's a first world problem when you're whining because your electricity is out. I get that. <laughs> but I was doing a little bit of whining there because our electricity was out, but it's back on. And we're very, very grateful, very thankful uh, that it came back on and was out only four hours. That was such a great blessing. So wherever you are, I hope you're warm and safe and dry. And I hope that as we look at this lesson today, you will find some encouragement uh, about the God who gives us the victories, just like David did when he wrote it. Today, we're going to be in Psalm 18. It's going to be a little bit different than some of the previous lessons. As we've been <clears throat> going through Timothy Keller's book, along with his wife, uh, uh, called The Songs of Jesus, a look through the Psalms, a daily devotional book that will have you reading through all of the Psalms, uh, all 150 during this calendar year, if you follow their uh, plan which I think is a great, great thing to do. Uh, so that will have you, uh, you will have read through the book of Psalms this year. But as we go, they, uh, they cover several verses, uh, perhaps a whole Psalm, if it's a shorter one, or like the one today, Psalm 18 is 50 verses. And I think it covers about five or six days uh, in the reading of this past week. And so I thought, you know, this is the longest Psalm probably that we've covered yet. It's not the longest psalm by far in the Psalter. That one's Psalm 119, and it's got like 174 verses, and it focuses on the Word of God, which to me is always amazes me that that would be the case. But uh, we'll get to that one, but we're not there yet. I don't know how long he's going to spend on that one, probably about a month. <laughs> and that'll be great. That'll be great. Um, but we are in Psalm 18 today, and uh, a, a couple of little notes as we start. You'll notice on Psalm one, uh, on Psalm 18, not 118, Psalm 18, that dark uh, uh, heading that's uh, before the text actually starts. Uh, For the director of music of David, the servant of the Lord, he sang to the Lord the words of this song when the Lord delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. He said, and then it begins, uh, the headings of the Psalms, as we've said before in studies on the book of Psalms itself, or as we went through the Psalms last year in our daily Bible reading, Facebook lessons, uh, the headings are not inspired, but they're likely accurate. As the, as the uh, Psalms were recorded and the Jewish historians put all of those together, uh, then they were able to write in some of that and to just include some of that 
And it seems to be very accurate. For example, when you read Psalm 51, the heading says it was when the prophet Nathan had confronted David about his sin with Bathsheba. And uh, the, the remarkable emotion and uh, penitence that is seen in that psalm is a clear indication that that, that, is, that is actually exactly correct because that sounds just like what David would have said, what any penitent person would say when they become confronted and, and are face-to-face -face finally with the realization of their own sin. Well, this psalm sounds very much like what David would write based on that heading. Again, the heading is not inspired, but likely accurate. It's likely a psalm of David, and it's likely a psalm that he wrote and sang uh, when he was contemplating the great victories that God had given him. So as we go through this psalm, I'll just pause along the way as we go and offer a few little brief thoughts. Some of those come from the reading that uh, the Kellers gave. Some of those are just from reading the text. I think the best way, and I've said this before, the best way to know the context of a particular psalm is to read the psalm. And when you read this psalm, as we read this psalm, Psalm 18, clearly it's a psalm that uh, praises God for the great victories that he gives uh, the psalmist. So it fits very well with David. But again, I, I think the best way to know the context, and that may be as far as we know, uh, just what it sounds like the psalmist was experiencing. Sometimes it's, uh, how long, Lord? How long before you deliver me? It's obviously someone who is going through a lot of suffering and, and is wondering, where is God in the midst of all of this? Uh, some psalms speak about the king and a royal Psalms, some psalms like Psalm 51 that I mentioned and Psalm 32 are penitential psalms that express a heart of, of uh, repentance and sorrow for sin before God and sometimes gratitude for the forgiveness that God brings, such as Psalm 32 and others. But this one, most of them, most all of them have, uh, uh, you could categorize them as a praise category. There are some that are specifically praised, like Psalm 8 that praises God for creation. Psalm 148 does the same. We get great hymns from those psalms and others. But this psalm, Psalm 18, is it, you could call it a royal psalm because it's a psalm that uh, is obviously written by King David and extols great praise to God for his deliverance of David from his enemies and the great victories that he has provided for him. So Psalm 18, verse 1, I love you, Lord, my strength. Don't you love how that starts? I love you, Lord, my strength. I think David was a right brain kind of guy. I think he was one of those that uh, wrote poetry. Uh, he played a musical instrument. Uh, he, he is one that has a great heart for God and is very in touch with his emotional uh, nature and has a great emotional tie with God. Perhaps that's one of the reasons why scripture describes him as a man after God's own heart. David's heart is clearly seen in his life and in his Psalms, including this one, I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. All of those are terms that describe God's strength. And so if you're talking about a horn or rock or fortress, those are all terms that describe the strength of God and the power of God. And David uh, praises God uh, for being his rock, for being his fortress, 
uh, for being his shield and the horn of his salvation, his stronghold. Verse 3, I called to the Lord who is worthy of praise, and I have been saved from my enemies. The cords of death entangled me. The torrents of destruction overwhelmed me. The cords of the grave coiled around me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, verse 6, I called to the Lord. I cried to my God for help. From his temple, he heard my voice. My cry came before him and into his ears. There are many times when David felt this way. Many times when he was on the run from his enemies, from people who wanted to harm him, whether they were King Saul, who was after him for until King Saul finally died, uh, or the Philistines or some of the other enemies of the Jews, of the people of Israel. Even his own son, Absalom, threatened him and had uh, really had a coup going for quite some time before David was finally reinstated as the rightful king of Israel. Um, and so we understand that David is talking about, uh, who knows, a lot of different times when he called out to the Lord because uh, he was threatened by his enemies and was near death. I mean, he wondered at times if he would survive it at all. And yet God gave him uh, deliverance. In my distress, verse 6, I called to the Lord. I cried to my God for help from his temple. He heard my voice. My cry came before him into his ears. Uh, what a comfort it is for us to know that when we cry out to God in our distress, the same thing is true. The same thing is true. And in the verses that follow, he describes the great power of God that's seen in that deliverance and in the victories that he brings us. Uh, verse 7 of Psalm 18. The earth trembled and quaked, and the foundations of the mountains shook. They trembled because he was angry. Smoke rose from his nostrils. Consuming fire came from his mouth. Burning coals blazed out of it. He parted the heavens and came down. Dark clouds were under his feet. He mounted the cherubim, or angels, and flew. He soared on the wings of the wind. He made darkness his covering, his canopy around him the dark rain clouds of the sky. Out of the brightness of his presence, clouds advanced with hailstones and bolts of lightning. Verse 13, the Lord thundered from heaven. The voice of the Most High resounded. He shot his arrows and scattered the enemy. With great bolts of lightning, he routed them. The valleys of the sea were exposed and the foundations of the earth laid bare. At your rebuke, Lord, at the blast of breath from your nostrils. Uh, the power of God is seen in all kinds of very vivid ways. Again, David, very good writer. Uh, he's very creative. He writes these things. Perhaps some of these things describe some of the um, physical uh, things that happened during the times when David was in battle, during the times when David was on the run. Uh, many of those things are seem to be descriptions of uh, perhaps uh, environmental things, weather things, lots of different things that David saw when he was on the run, when he was seeking the deliverance of God, when he called out for him from his distress. But what David does is he praises God for all of those things. And it's very likely that some of those are just descriptive ways of David being able to express the deliverance and the power that God used uh, in bringing about that deliverance. Verse 16, 
He reached down from on high and took hold of me. He drew me out of deep waters. And we think of that great song, Love Lifted Me. It's not written because of this passage. It's written because of Matthew 14 and some other passages where Peter walks on the water. That's the only one that mentions that Peter walked on the water. Uh, other passages talk about Jesus walking on the water. But in Matthew 14, it's Peter that actually joins him. And then, as you know, he gets his mind off the Lord, his eyes come off the Lord, starts on the waves and the wind and the sea and the sky, and he begins to sink, and he asks, Lord, save, and Jesus lifts him up. Love lifted me. What a great song from a great story. Uh, David experienced that, maybe not literally, but he experienced that. Again, Psalm 18, verse 16, he reached down from on high and took hold of me. He drew me out of deep waters. He rescued me from my powerful enemy, from my foes who were too strong for me. Clearly, David realizes that without the help of the Lord, he would have gone down to defeat. And so he praises God for giving him the deliverance from the enemies that were too strong for him. Do you have enemies around you? Do you have things you're going through that are just too much for you? David could relate. But he also realized that it was not just up to him. And it's not just up to you, my friend. Uh, this same God that delivered David from enemies who were too powerful for him will do the same for you. Verse 18. They confronted me in the day of my disaster, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out into a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. Not because of David earning it or deserving it. He would have been the first one to say, I don't deserve any of the blessings of the Lord. And yet he gives them to me over and over again, including delivering me from my enemies, delivering me from the distress that I'm going through. He rescued me because he delighted in me and he delights in you as well. Verse 20, the Lord has dealt with me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands. He has rewarded me. David would pray in Psalm 32. He would say, um, uh, I, blessed is the one, not that it's never sinned, but blessed is the one whose sins the Lord has forgiven. That's the kind of righteousness that David recognized and that David appreciated uh, and, and that David realized God had graciously given him. Paul would later find that same lesson, a righteousness that's from God by faith, not one that he earned by the keeping of law. Verse 21, for I have kept the ways of the Lord. I am not guilty of turning from my God. All his laws are before me. I have not turned away from his decrees. I have been blameless before him and have kept myself from sin. The Lord has rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands in his sight. Much of this psalm talks about the word of God and the word of the Lord. And uh, the Kellers will read a little statement from them at the end of this chapter. Verse 25, to the faithful, you show yourself faithful. To the blameless, you show yourself blameless. To the pure, you show yourself pure. But to the devious, you show yourself shrewd. You save the humble, but bring low those whose eyes are haughty. You, Lord, keep my lamp burning. My God turns my darkness into light. With your help, I can advance against a troop. With my God, I can scale a wall. With my God, I can do anything. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, Paul would say in Philippians 4.13. Probably you have that verse memorized. And David felt the same way. With God, I can do anything. Uh, his power is seen in my life. And it's clear the distinction that David makes between the humble and the proud. 
uh, the wicked, the devious ones, and those who are righteous, those who trust in the Lord. Um, and, and he calls them the blameless. And again, David would be the first to recognize his own sinfulness, and yet he realizes that through the mercy of God, uh, he can be blameless in the eyes of the Lord as he continues to seek to do his will. It's a great, great blessing. Verse 30 of Psalm 18. As for God, his way is perfect. The Lord's word is flawless. He shields all who take refuge in him. For who is God besides the Lord? And who is the rock, again, that sign of strength, except our God? It is God who arms me with strength and keeps my way secure. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He causes me to stand on the height. Psalm 42 is the inspiration for the great songs that we sing as the deer pants for the water. So my soul longs after you. This psalm refers to that same thing. In verse 33, he makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He causes me to stand on the heights. He gives me speed and he stabilizes me and, is, and makes me steady. Verse 34, he trains my hands for battle. My arms can bend a bow of bronze. You make your saving help my shield and your right hand sustains me. Your help has made me great. You provide a broad path for my feet so that my ankles do not give way. I think of that great passage in Ephesians 6, the armor of God, the panoply, the full armor of God that we sing about when we sing the song, Soldiers of Christ Arise. Um, David speaks of these same kinds of weapons, the shield uh, the, that sustains him, the bow of bronze, uh, the broad path for his feet. Um, he recognizes God gives him the victory, that God provides the armor. Verse 37, I pursued my enemies and overtook them. I did not turn back till they were destroyed. I crushed them so that they could not rise. They fell beneath my feet. You armed me with strength for battle. You humbled me, my adversaries before me. You made my enemies turn their backs in flight, and I destroyed my foes. They cried for help, but there was no one to save them. To the Lord, but he did not answer. I beat them as fine as wind-blown dust. I trampled them like mud in the streets. You have delivered me from the attacks of the people. You have made me the head of nations. People I did not know now serve me. Foreigners cower before me. As soon as they hear of me, they obey me. They all lose heart. They come trembling from their strongholds. Their strongholds could not match the stronghold of David because it was the Lord God. And David talks in battle terms here. He is a, yes, he was a poet. Yes, he was a musician, but he was always also a great army captain. And he brought great victories uh, to God's people during his lifetime as king. And even before, as you know, when he battled Goliath and in other battles, he brought victory for God's people. And he attributes all of that to God. He makes, he doesn't uh, mince words as he talks about the victory in battle that God gave him. And he praises God for that. And I believe that that's one of the reasons why he is called the man after God's own heart and why God did give him the victories because he looked to the Lord to provide them. And so David ends this great psalm starting in verse 46 with this great song of praise. I mean, just one, one praise uh, statement after another. Verse 46, the Lord lives. Praise be to my rock. Exalted be God, my Savior. He is the God who avenges me, who subdues nations under me, who saves me from my enemies. You exalted me above my foes. From a violent man, you rescued me. 
Therefore, I will praise you, Lord, among the nations. I will sing the praises of your name. He gives his king great victories. He shows unfailing love to his anointed, speaking of the king, to David and to his descendants forever. King David mentions himself. And so again, it's pretty reliable that this is a psalm of David. And it's a psalm of praise, but it's a psalm of praise for God, his rock, his stronghold, his deliverer, his fortress. The Lord lives. Praise be to my rock. Exalted be God, my Savior. And David says in verse 49, Therefore I will praise you, Lord, among the nations. I will sing the praises of your name. What's the right response when God delivers us? We pray in our distress and God hears us and he helps us through that time. It may be in ways we don't expect. Um, it may take a while. Uh, and, and yet we know that God will ultimately deliver us. And when he does, it's time for praise. We praise him. We praise his great name. And that's what David did. It was no one who knew David could doubt that David recognized that it was the Lord God who gave him all the victories, all the success, uh, all the power that he had assumed, that it came from God. And David's humble heart uh, convinced him uh, that it was the Lord who was the rock. It was the Lord who was the power. It was the Lord who was his strength. And that same Lord is our strength today. That same Lord is our power today, our deliverer. That same God gives us the victory as well. Um, so before we close in prayer, a few thoughts from the Kellers on parts of this psalm, Psalm 18. They write, this psalm from the ver first verse and throughout is all about how God gives us the strength to face anything. How do we get that strength? Here David says he can scale a wall because God's way is perfect and his word is flawless. Um, it is we who read hastily, skip prayer, and fail to meditate on his word who find it confusing. And that's why we don't have that power that David talked about, but we can get back to that. They write this, the best gift in the world next to the word incarnate, Jesus himself, is God's written word, and it will ignite your heart if you give it a chance. I 100% agree. Let's close with prayer. Praise be to you, Lord, our rock and our salvation. Praise be to you, our fortress, our stronghold. Praise be to you, God, because when we cry out to you in our distress, you hear us and you bring deliverance according to your gracious will, according to your wonderful wisdom, uh, according to your love for us. We praise you, our God, for that great deliverance, for the great victories that you give us. And Father, some of us are in the midst of the battle still, even at this very moment. Some are in the midst of the pit, some see their enemies all around. And so, Father, we pray that you would hear our prayers and that you would bring about deliverance, that you would act in the favor of your people, of those who trust in you, and that you, Father, our great rock, our great deliverer, our stronghold, our fortress, will bring about that victory in Jesus that we love to sing about. We praise you, our God. We praise you for who you are. We praise you for all the wonderful things you have done for us. And we praise you, Father, for all of the blessings that you have given us, for the great victories that we have through you, our rock and our salvation, through your son, Jesus Christ, who makes everything possible through his death and his burial and his resurrection and now waits to give us that final victory, that final deliverance. 
We pray, Father, that that day would come soon. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. I hope that you are warm and dry throughout. And I hope that if you have electricity at your home, that you actually have electricity <laughs> at your home. I look forward to seeing you on Tuesday.